When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Indeed. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. February the 20th, important date on the NFL calendar because today is Franchise Tag Day. Thank you. Awesome graphic. Um, Yes, today is the day where NFL teams can start dishing out those franchise tags to their key players. And I will tell you, you guys know I'm big on tiny little signs of progress for the Houston Texans. I've been talking about that all year. I would say they overachieved on a lot of my forecasted tiny little signs of progress. Did not see winning the division and winning a playoff game on my bingo card. Um, but they cont- we continue to get tiny little signs of progress in the offseason, too. And this tiny little sign of progress for Franchise Tag Day is, A, the Texans actually have a few players who you can go to a bar, sit down, and argue that maybe they should get a franchise tag, and the person next to you will not laugh you out of the bar. Two... There are a lot of potential free agents available that uh, that could get franchise tagged that I think the Texans should have on their radar. And I think these are all players who would listen to a phone call from the Houston Texans. Again, tiny little sign of progress. I don't think that the last couple of years the Texans had anybody even remotely close to worth franchise tagging that was a free agent. And I don't know how many of the marquee free agents would have taken phone calls from the Texans unless – They were paying a big Texans tax to come to Houston and play. I'm talking about marquee franchise tag level free agents, big kahunas, big dogs. So so that's exciting. So as far as today goes, and I guess just you guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you know how the franchise tag works. Um, But basically the franchise tag average of the top five salaries um, at each position and it's a one-year deal, and it's fully guaranteed, and it does one of two things with players. Either it makes a player super happy to get a franchise tag because they've never seen this much guaranteed money in their lives. I call that the Kirk Cousins effect, or more often than not, players are like, all right, I wanted a long-term deal. This one-year deal is uh, it's nice and everything, and some of them don't even think it's nice and everything. Some of them get angry about it. So um, at any rate, uh, as far as the values go, You can look those up on the internet for purposes of the three Texans that I think you could have a discussion about a franchise tag for. I've got the dollar amounts right here, so no need to Google. Just keep it tuned right here on the podcast. Um, 
I think there's three that the Texans could have a conversation about over the next two weeks. And I think really two, and then I'm kind of throwing a wild card in. Um, but the first one, I'll start in order of how big the franchise tag would be. And I think this is the guy who got discussed more than any when it came to the franchise tag during the regular season, and that's Jonathan Grenard, who had a breakout season in 2023, 12 and a half sacks, stayed relatively healthy, tweaked an ankle in the Cleveland game towards the end of the year, so that really hindered him. Uh, he was not great down the stretch. He wasn't available down the stretch for part of the time, but he was, you know, he was... He and Will Anderson both dealing with leg injuries uh, really hindered the two of them. Um, so Grenard, I guess, wasn't maybe fully able to shake the injury-prone label. He'd really had a tough time his first three years staying healthy. Um, but boy, when he was in this year and when he was healthy, he was impactful. And he was impactful rushing the passer. He was impactful in the run game. Um, he's a guy who's been in the building since 2020. He's one of these guys that's been in the building for all of the craziness. Got drafted by Bill O'Brien, played for Bill O'Brien, Romeo Cornell, uh, David Cully, Lovey Smith, been through multiple GMs. Um, Jonathan Grenard's seen a lot of things, and he's been able to come through at the other side. I saw The Athletic had their top 150 free agents, and Jonathan Grenard was rated 11th overall on their list of free agents. I don't know how highly the league thinks of Jonathan Grenard, but I know that he had a good enough year to where at times during the year we were going, okay, well, they got to keep this guy. They got to try to. Is the franchise tag something that that uh, that the Texans would consider with Grenard? Here's the issue with the franchise tag with Jonathan Grenard. It's super freaking expensive. It's $23 million and change. That's the average of the top five defensive ends in football. So $23.5 million is the number to tag Jonathan Grenard, and I'm assuming at that number they would tag him and then work towards getting a deal done. Now, Jonathan Grenard was a third-round pick, $23 million guaranteed. If you had told Jonathan Grenard back when he was toiling for Lovey Smith and injured that he would be getting a franchise tag, he would have probably signed up for that in a second. Now he's had a near-elite season, 12 and a half sacks, at a position that is a highly valued position around the league. I think $23 million is more than Jonathan Grenard's going to get in terms of average annual value for his deal. I think he's going to get more overall money, obviously, and probably more guaranteed money than that in a free agency deal, even if it's with the Texans. Um, so I think the, the, franchise, the problem with the franchise tag for Grenard is it ties up $23 million in cap space. There's nothing you can do to spread that money out. I would not use the $23 million franchise tag on Jonathan Grenard. I would try to work towards a deal, possibly before free agency. Um, I don't. I have no clue as to what Jonathan Grenard is going to get offered on the open market. I could see it. I could see teams looking at his injury history and one good season and saying, "All right, we'll top it out at maybe 13 or 14, 15 million, something like that." And then I could see some teams out there that have money to spend. A lot of bad teams out there that have money to spend that would look to maybe overpay Grenard. And I could I could see a scenario where he gets up towards that $20 million range. If I'm the Texans, I'm looking at about 15 or $16 million for Grenard as the number, average annual value. And um, so to that end, I, I try to work on that. And if he hits free agency, let the market dictate what Jonathan Grenard gets and then see where it goes. I, I don't know that he's going to get tippy-top money 
you just got to be you got to be concerned that bad teams with cap space come in, overpay him, and then at that point you're selling him on staying in Houston and playing for a winner and playing somewhere that he knows and no state income tax. So that's number one. Grenard is number one. Number two, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz would be the other, the second player that I think you could have an argument uh, about the about the franchise tag. And the franchise tag for tight ends is about $12 million or so. $12 million and change. I think that's more than Dalton Schultz is going to command on the open market in terms of average annual value. The $12 million is a number that the Texans can absorb. I think that the major dynamic going on with Dalton Schultz is what's happening at the tight end position in the league. This is not a good free agency class for tight ends. It's not a good draft class for tight ends. This is actually, I think this is the market Dalton Schultz hoped that he had been walking into last year when he became a free agent. Unfortunately, he walked into a market last year with some good free agents with an elite draft class of tight ends. This draft class, it's Brock Bowers and a bunch of other dudes. So, um, so it's a better market for Schultz to max out and maybe the Texans might be better off if they are truly motivated to keep Schultz. And I think they should be, I think they should be motivated to keep Schultz. Just if we're, if we're putting blinders on about the price, he was a good tight end for them this year. CJ Stroud has clear chemistry with him. I think CJ Stroud likes him. And I think that that matters in all this. Um, so that's the $12 million franchise tag for Dalton Schultz. I would use that if I were the Texans, you know, once depending on depending on how they're looking at certain other positions and where they're sort of allocating their resources. If they're cool with 12 of their 60 to 70 million in cap space being allocated to Dalton Schultz, then I would go ahead and do that. And I would work semi-diligently on a long-term deal with him. But I think bringing him back on a one-year deal at 12 million bucks, I, I think that's a, I think that's a good deal for the Texans. I think it's a great deal for Dalton Schultz. And I think it keeps an important piece of the offense intact because this depth, in addition to the league, the, you know, the, the market being kind of in favor of Schultz a little bit, um, the Texans don't really have a great depth chart at tight end. Brevin Jordan heading into last year of his rookie deal, Tegan Catoriano can't stay healthy. I would do a franchise tag for Dalton Schultz. If the Texans were to do that, I would give that a thumbs up. Um, the only other one I threw in there as a wild card, only because he's really good at what he does, is Cam Johnston, the punter. The 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 franchise tag for specialists is five point eight million, which is pricey, but um, Cam Johnston's an excellent punter, and he's been a real weapon for this team the last few years since coming here. He signed a three year deal to uh, to come to Houston back at the very beginning of the Nick Casario era. He might have even been the first free agent that they signed. Smart move for those Texans team to get a punter checked off because nobody was going to get more usage than the punter on the first two Texans teams that Nick Casario was the GM for, or as I call it, the Davis Mills era. Um, so I would think about it for Cam Johnston. That's really more just a wild card. You rarely see kickers and punters get hit with a franchise tag, but I think it's 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 very underrated how important the two specialists that are free agents right now for the Texans um, how they sit within the framework of this team. Kaimi Fairbairn and Cam Johnston both are free agents right now or about to be free agents. And um, and both are very good at their jobs. Now, why not Kaimi Fairbairn? Well, because according to people that know more than I do about the way contracts work, uh, Kaimi Fairbairn has a clause in his contract that does not allow the team to franchise tag him. So um, good move by Kaimi Fairbairn. Now, 
as far as your checklist for players around the league, at least my checklist for players that I think could get franchise tag that, um, that, that matter to you, the Houston Texan fan. Um, if you're just listening, I'm pointing at the camera, like the uncle Sam, uh, I think there's three positions that the Texans are going to go shopping in the more expensive aisles for those positions. And I think it's defensive tackle, defensive end, and running back. And I'm basing that, I'm basing that one on my eyeballs, what I've seen. Two, I'm basing that on things that D'Amico Ryans has said. He has said that the defensive line, I'm paraphrasing, the defensive line is the foundation for everything that we do. He has also said they need to improve the running game. He has acknowledged that. D'Amico's not always a guy who will publicly acknowledge the need for improvement in some places. He will slow play and kind of soft play players or areas that are underperforming a little bit. He was he was very clear that the running game needs to get better. So I think running back and getting a veteran, maybe even a star-level running back, is key. The names that I've got down that you need to keep an eye on, a defensive tackle, I don't think you need to keep an eye on Chris Jones. He's going to get franchise tag. There's no way he's coming to Houston. I don't think there's any way he's leaving Kansas City. And I don't know if it would be good for the Texans if they paid market for Chris Jones uh, because market is going to be like a serious, serious cap eater. Um, I think the two names at defensive tackle that the Texans should have an eye on and could get franchise tagged over these next two weeks, Justin Matabike of Baltimore, Texas A&M guy, And then Christian Wilkins, who was part of that great Clemson group of defensive linemen a few years ago, Miami Dolphins, he's been awesome uh, the last few years. He was great last year. Um, The Dolphins are way over the cap. They're like $50 over the cap, and they haven't even paid their quarterback yet if they do indeed plan to pay him. Um, So I don't know that Wilkins is going to get a franchise tag just because the numbers and the way it works – but I think he's a good enough player to deserve a franchise tag. If he were on a team that had the cap space to do it, I think he might have one. But those are the two names at defensive tackle that I would keep an eye on that are worthy quality-wise of a franchise tag and are on teams that might be of mind to tag them. Now, I think the thing with Matabike you got to think about as well, Patrick Queen, linebacker, is also a free agent this offseason. I think Matabike is the far more likely guy to get a franchise tag. They're already paying Roquan Smith. At linebacker, that would be a weird allocation of resources to have to have that much money allocated. And I think it's 18 million, the franchise tag for linebackers, somewhere around there. 18, 20 million, it's a lot. To have that much allocated to two inside linebackers, as big a strength as that was for them, and as much as that fueled their team, the Ravens are at a stage now where Lamar Jackson's contract is is starting to hit the cap, and they're gonna have to make some tough decisions. They can't have everything anymore. So those are the two names of defensive tackle. At defensive end, I think the two probably most elite names are Brian Burns of Carolina and uh, Josh Allen of Jacksonville. As far as Burns goes, Burns rated number one on the athletic 150 free agents, by the way. Burns is a weird one because he's been super productive for Carolina. He's been on the trade block at times. They had an offer for two first-round picks for him last year from the Rams. They said no, um, and yet they can't arrive at a contract with him franchise tag just feels like where this thing whole thing is going. If it's taken these two sides this long to agree on something, I don't know what's going to make them agree all of a sudden in these next two weeks. And look, Carolina um, with Brian Burns, you got to look at it one of two ways. If you're Carolina, they can't let him walk. 
Okay, that's the one thing. They cannot let him walk in free agency. So where Carolina is in their life cycle, you either have to be confident in this next coaching staff that they're going to get something out of Bryce Young and we need to retain some good players. And Brian Burns is one of their only good players. Or two, we're still rebuilding here and we got to franchise tag Brian Burns and try to flip him somewhere that will give him the contract that he wants. So, or maybe they put the franchise tag on him and somebody signs him to an offer sheet. They get two first round picks. I don't know that that's going to be the case, but he does play a position and he is a guy who somebody made an offer of two first round picks for a year ago, the Rams. So Burns is an interesting one. I don't think he's on the radar for the Texans. I don't know that Josh Allen of the Jags is either. Um, that would be fun to sign somebody away from Jacksonville to kind of hurt a division rival while um, strengthening yourself. I think ultimately there's probably a bigger focus on bringing Grenard back at a more reasonable deal than these two. But I think those are two names worth keeping an eye on with the franchise tag. Josh Allen of the Jaguars and Brian Burns of the Carolina Panthers. Last one, the running backs. I think the two names that, that I would keep an eye on with a – potential franchise tag are two guys that had a, I believe trying to remember if it was a franchise tag situation or a fifth year option, but both of these guys last year, um, I think it was a franchise tag for both of them, Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Now this, the franchise tag this time around would probably be 20% of what they made last year. And they both made, I think between 11, 12, somewhere around there. So you're talking now getting upwards of 14 million. I don't know that they're going to tag those guys, those are also two teams that are in rebuild mode, in my opinion. Um, so do you want to tag a running back who will be unhappy about getting tagged? And the only solution is to maybe trade them, but I don't know how much you're going to get for Saquon Bar. I don't know how much you're going to get for a veteran running back in a trade. Um, or pay them. Give them a long-term deal of some sort. My guess is they both hit free agency, Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Um, unless they get signed by their current teams before free agency. I don't think either of them are going to get a franchise tag, but I don't think it's silly to at least discuss the possibility of it. Um, so those are two two big names for the Ted. The other running back name I don't think is getting a franchise tag, but I would throw in there for the Texans is Derrick Henry um, as far as the target goes in free agency. But there's plenty of time for us to talk about free agency. So there's your franchise tag 101. I think there's three Texans, really two, plus a wild card who could get a tag. And I think there's two or three names at, to me, the three positions they're most likely to shop expensive at that you should keep in mind. So hopefully that helps.